He has a different view of the world. Maybe because he spent 15 years looking at it upside down. He knows exactly how many times the ball will rotate on a long snap, and he'll juggle anything you throw at him. It's Kendall Gammon in the Zone, brought to you by Crown Toyota and Crown Volkswagen. Recognized as the number one place to buy a new or pre-owned vehicle. Visit crownautomotive.com to see the latest deals. Experience the Crown difference. All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels. Time to talk to Kendall Gammon, presented by Crown Toyota, Crown Volkswagen. Recognized as the number one place to buy a new or pre-owned vehicle. Visit crownautomotive.com to see the latest deals. Experience the crown difference. Kendall Gammon, former chief and NFL revolutionary, joins us here in the zone. Kendall, what's up, man? How are you, sir? I'm doing very well, obviously, with everything that's gone on. I just, you know... Couldn't wait to talk to you. Well, you know what? We've been looking forward to talking to you, and we'll get to uh, some of the things that uh, happened uh, in the game. We'll get to some of your thoughts on what it means from a uh, sort of dynastic feel for this team. But, of course, we're not going to bury the lead. Uh, Kendall Gammon, uh, long snapper, special teamer, a guy who essentially feels like you own the field in warm-ups, right? That's kind of the feel is that that field is for the kickers and the punters to warm up and long snappers and the actual you know players that will be playing most of the game. Doesn't really matter uh, what they do, correct? That's typically the mindset you guys have? Absolutely. Specialists, we're front page material. Everything else goes, it gets buried uh, deep inside. <laughs> so uh, I guess let's start with just take me through like some of those warm-ups because Justin Tucker's like, I do that every single game. And Patrick Mahomes like, yeah, that's only happened when I'm around Justin Tucker. And Travis Kelsey's like, yeah, I've never seen that before. Uh, so uh, what is sort of the standard operating procedure at, uh, you know, it, it, on the field in some of these warm-ups? Well, I mean, generally get out there an hour 15 minutes before, and, and um, we each have half the field. And um, I've never, ever, I mean, I've played 15 years, 243 games, and I've never had an issue with anybody where we were in their way, or if we were, they said something, we're like, like, okay, or we said something to somebody else. It was never, we never got into whatever they got into, which I think was just, you know, Justin Tucker. I think he said as much trying to get under their skin. So, um, no, now I, I have, I have seen some kickers in the past that nobody I was ever with that would actually kick from the goal line towards the uh the upright so 10 yards away just practicing on elevating their kicks and that but even that's not an excuse and I don't I don't think it's anything but him trying to uh flex um, as much as I guess a uh, a kicker can flex that being said you know he he, he should be also a first ballot hall of famer going yep. in so uh, we'll see but that being said still a kicker yeah, one of the things I was going to ask you is, you know, the ball on the goal line. And people have talked about, like, well, I've never seen a kicker kick the ball from the goal line. Um, and, and you know, my guess was, well, maybe he's trying to hit the uprights just to sort of work on uh, the aim. Or I didn't think of the loft to, to get the ball up high real quick. Um, I also thought, you know, you know, there is another hash. You know, because all he, exactly. he wasn't really, like, half the time in those videos, he was just stretching and doing, like, lunges and things like that. I feel like that could be done a number of places besides laying the footballs and the uh, helmet uh, right there where Patrick Mahomes is, um, is is warming up and moving his feet and throwing. And, you know, there's an element of if, if uh, he's like, hey, can you move that? And he moves it a couple of inches and Mahomes thinks it's gone and steps on a football. Well, hey, Justin Tucker got under his skin and right into his uh, ligament. 
Yeah, at the Corp Stub Brothers, there's so much room for activity. There's plenty <laughs> of space there uh, to do things, and, and moving it over a couple inches is just you know, kind of a, you know, a jerk move. And, and again, you're just trying to get under the skin and be part of it. And I think that also tells you a little bit of the mindset of Baltimore. Even though they felt confident, they still feel like they had to try to do something uh, if they had a chance to, to get the guys off their game in Kansas City and the Stars and, of course, Mahomes and Kelsey. And, and we saw how that that did. I. I I mean, for the life of me, I don't, I don't know why you poke the bear. You don't, don't wake the bear up. And I think that just helped wake uh, uh, Mahomes and Kelsey up. And was Justin Tucker the reason they played so well? No, but it didn't hurt. Well, and and greatness finds any little thing. Like it, mm-hmm. there, there's a couple of things to it. What greatness finds any little thing to use as a slight. Uh, the, the part of that too. One other element and aspect that goes into this is, you know, Justin Tucker was like, well, you know, he, he explained it yesterday, the day before, and said, well, I was just trying to, you know, warm up, and I thought it was sort of playful, and they took it more serious than I did. And I'm like, well, shocker, the uh, the guys took the warming up a little more serious at exactly. the conference championship game. And and when you see Kelsey's like, no, we're not messing around, man. This isn't joking. You can do a little winky and smiling. We're playing in the conference championship game to go to the Super Bowl. This isn't playtime. We're not at the Pro yep. Bowl, you know, playing grab ass. We're getting ready to play a conference championship game. And and Travis said on the New Heights podcast that that was the whole week that he and Patrick had that mindset. It was laser focused, locked in, no playing around, no uh, S's and G's or anything like that. Just time to go to a Super Bowl, time to get ready and get in that mindset. And you could tell even in warmups they weren't messing around. It was it was all business. No, you're absolutely right. And certainly my experience doesn't compare to theirs, but it does kind of a little. You know, my my uh, rookie year, fourth game of preseason, basically I was going to snap one half and my competition was going to snap the other. And whoever snapped the best was going to win the job. And I remember going into that laser focus where the helmet never came off, never came unbuckled. And, and you know, this was, you know I, this was my livelihood. I was trying to make the team. I was trying to take somebody else's job and, and, and get on there. And, you know, I credit that to how I approached the rest of my career. And you're right. I mean, every game uh, is important, but the NFC Championship game, I mean, man, trying to get to the Super Bowl, that's, 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 that's big stuff. And it does not surprise me that they, they performed like they did. It doesn't surprise me that they were laser focused the whole week. Uh, and having been through that, uh, I know it, it, is, it is a big deal because you know there's only two games on the stage. You know, Travis Kelsey said last week that uh, this is one he wants more than any other. He, he wants this uh, uh, worse than he wanted any other uh, conference championship game. And, you know, maybe that's just saying it's in the moment. I want this badly, you know, maybe in 2020. This, I want it worse than, than last year or, or, or last year. I want it so bad because they lost in the uh, conference championship game. Um, he certainly said it convincingly. Um, do you do you see or can you see where someone who's been to three Super Bowls before can look at this one and go, no, this 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 one's different to me. I want this one worse than I did before. Uh, and and what would be some of the reasons? Do you think if you know playing dime store psychologist as to why this one might mean that much extra for Travis Kelsey? I think simply because it's the next one and everything else is the past, and he's always focused on uh, on the present. Uh, but. That being said, I think uh, Big Red talked about it earlier in the season or even training camp about, uh, I think he addressed the team about, you know, winning Super Bowls is a big deal, but repeating is what really makes you iconic. And I think they recognize that. And so um, I, I think that has a little bit to do with it. I think if they won, win or lose this year, if they got to the Super Bowl next year, 
his answer, I think, would be the same. It's like, no, I want this one more than anything <laughs> because it's the one coming up. It's the one I have a chance to win. Yeah, and 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 I think also, <laughs> like, he's he's had so many amazing seasons. And, you know, we talk about the streak being broken this year of not getting to 1,000 yards yeah. receiving in the regular season. Um, and he has just been a different guy in the playoffs. And his 11 catches on 11 targets with three pretty difficult catches along the way, had a touchdown, 100-plus yards in the game against, you know, the safety that shuts tight ends down, the, the safety that hasn't had a touchdown scored on him all year except for the first possession of the game when Travis exactly. goes up against him and scores a touchdown on him. I, I brought this up yesterday, and I, I, I'll ask you as well. And um, I, I asked uh, Adam Teicher and Todd Lebo and said, you know, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. I've watched every Travis Kelsey game in my life, as most everybody else around here has. Um, I think that was the best game I've ever seen from Travis Kelsey with everything on the line and everything that that meant um, that I thought that was the best game I've ever seen from Travis Kelsey. Am I a prisoner of the moment or, or, or do you see that as to, you know, how that would surpass some of the other performances we've seen from, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, greatest to ever do it? Jason, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that first catch um, was amazing for the touchdown, uh, or the, the touchdown catch. I don't know that it was the first catch. But um, first, of, first of all, uh, he really couldn't have been uh, guarded much better than he was, defended yeah. much better. That was just – that was indefensible in, in my estimation, throwing that back shoulder, and then to be able to turn and, and do what he did. So, you know, kudos to San Francisco – or not San Francisco, uh, sorry, Baltimore – uh, for defending that, but yeah, I mean, laying out, you could just see, you could, you could sense it. And even uh, with the catches, how he got up filled as quickly as possible, um, which I've always thought he did a great job. Now, <clears throat> the one person who does it better uh, when he catches the ball getting straight up the field is Rasheed Rice, yeah. uh, which is amazing as well. But uh, Kelsey, yeah, those 11 catches, 11 targets of what he did in the first half. Uh, number one was amazing. Number two um, is amazing in the fact that you could scheme and figure out a way for him to get that open. But that goes to his innate ability to understand the windows and, and hook up in those windows and, and just be on the same page with Patrick Mahomes. Can a bye week really do all of that to where he just takes a, a, a break and a mental rest and doesn't go out there and play? And he looks younger. He looks faster. He looks more spry. He doesn't look injured because he was looking pretty slow. You know, second half of the season, you're like, man, this is uh, – I don't know, is he distracted? Does he have other things going on off the field, um, things that are infiltrating, you know, what could be the, the laser focus from Travis Kelsey in the past? And then that bye week happens, and he talked about, you know, even the benefit it had going into the Bills game. He's like, yeah, it was nice for the, the Miami game, but even now I still feel fresh going into this game against Buffalo. Uh, can a bye week really do that to where the man's got, you know, 23 receptions in the uh, postseason already uh, heading into game number four now of this run? I think the short answer is, is apparently so. Uh, but when you look at it, I, I mean, um, I think he, he was injured throughout the year, had bumps and bruises. There's nothing that you would actually re report, but I think he was probably dealing with a lot of stuff. And when you get an extra week, it just really does make a difference in, in so many different ways. And, and it makes a difference uh, psychologically, emotionally, to be able to get away from the game a little bit and, and relax your mind. So it's huge. And I know you all have talked about it this week. Uh, which is now he has that again with his two-week break between uh, the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl and, and makes it even better. But it was noticeably different on how he was moving after that bye week. I mean, there's just no question about it. There's, you can question a lot of things, but you can't question that. He was moving much, much better. Kendall Gammon is our guest, presented by Crown Toyota and Crown Volkswagen. 
Um, can you put into words, you know, as somebody who's an ambassador, uh, you know, a Chiefs alumni, um, this team, this organization making four Super Bowls in a five-year run? Uh, I mean, wow. It, it's, 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 it's hard to fathom. I think Chiefs Kingdom understands it because everybody tries to make them understand how fortunate they are. But this, you, you talked about the dynasty and everything going on, and certainly you have to talk about it, whether they win or lose. But if they win, then it's definitely part there. And the only reason that we – we curb our tongues a little bit is because of what the Patriots did. Otherwise, it would be no question. You'd be saying dynasty already. But it is so tough. You know, I played in the uh, 94 AFC Championship, 94 season AFC Championship game, and we lost in the last play to the Chargers, who then went and got throttled by the 49ers in Miami. But then we come back the next year, and we beat uh, the Colts uh, after a, a, a long-distance uh, Hail Mary throw by Jim uh, Chargers coach, you know, next year's Super Bowl favorite. Forgot. Um, Oh, Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Thanks. That escaped me. No, you're good. Uh, But getting to the Super Bowl is so difficult. Um, So to to do it in the fashion they've done this year and then having done it so many times, obviously, uh, in a row is just – you wouldn't think that was possible unless you saw it done. So it is. It is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And and the evolution of this team, too. You know, two years ago – this yeah. is a team that, you know, had Tyreek Hill. They're, you know, playing in the uh, AFC Championship game, trying to go to three straight Super Bowls, uh, and they don't win that game. Uh, and now a couple of years later, this is a team that scores 17 points and wins against the best offense in the NFL. Yeah, and and uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just go back. When you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, you've always got a puncher's chance. And I go back to my Steelers and – Everything there, not to get on. I mean, he was a good QB, but you know, we had Neil O'Donnell, they had Troy Aikman. I mean, this yeah. is Sesame Street. One of those things is not like the other. Yeah. And so, uh, it's, it's such a big deal having the QB that we have, that we've had, and that we will have for the foreseeable future. Visiting with Kendall Gamm, and he's our guest. How difficult is that then? Let me ask you from that standpoint. How difficult is it to go from two years ago yesterday is when they lost to the Bengals in the AFC Championship game to then Two years ago, just a few days ago, they go into an AFC championship game and they're a team that is, you know, uh, right around top 10, top 15 in offense and phenomenal on defense and they win 17 to 10. How difficult is it to go from a team that feels one-sided on offense with playmakers everywhere and you can score from any blade of grass on the field to you got to manage the game. You got to make sure you don't set up short fields for the other team and let your defense just go out there and be dominant. I mean, it's it, it's two football seasons that this team has changed their identity. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I would say, in general, it takes about 17 games, which is what it took this year for them to figure <laughs> out. Because when you saw Mahomes talking towards the end of the season, um, you know, he, he, he started talking about how punts weren't bad. And I think, you know, the perfect example was him. You know, not trying to make a play there at the end of the game and just taking the sack. And I think Big Red talked about this week, probably you and Josh have talked about it as well, of understanding uh, the type of defense that they have. And they're like, you know what? Okay, we, I, I'm not going to put our defense in a bad position, our team in a bad position. Uh, then the defense comes out and they do what they do. I mean, to, to hold Baltimore uh, to 10 points is, is just phenomenal. And so 
uh, you know, just having that trust and that side of it. And then again, them getting the ball at the end and go ahead and running out the clock uh, is phenomenal and just doing what they have to do. I mean, you don't get styles points in the NFL, obviously. Yeah. And we, we would talk about it all the time. I guarantee you they talk about it. It doesn't matter. Just one more point. The other team don't care uh, how it happens. You just want to be holding that Lombardi trophy again in front of uh, Chiefs Kingdom. You know, the, the, there's a number of 49ers players that played in that Super Bowl a, a few years ago against the Chiefs in 2019, 2020, <clears throat> that season. Um, but, but, you know, not necessarily the game coming up in, in, you know, less than two weeks. But even looking back at the, the game on Sunday, uh, I don't know how much I put NFL experience into weighing uh, the entire game. Uh, that, that kind of blew up in my face a couple of years ago when the Bengals came into Kansas City and won that game because that was an upstart team and they had a good win against the Raiders in round one and you know they uh, they went against Ryan Tannehill on the road and he threw like four interceptions that's eh, not happening with Patrick Mahomes you know the Chiefs have been there done that they're defending AFC champions back-to-back years and the Bengals go right in to Kansas City and uh, they fall behind early but they were the ones that kept their heads in the game and they were the ones that played like the more experienced team so I, I, I dismiss it to a degree but I am wondering from your standpoint how much of a factor can that play uh, because coming out of the game on Sunday um, I definitely felt one team was used to the moment and another team let the moment uh, sort of take over them and, and it felt a little bit too big at the time. Yeah, I think you're right on the mark. I think I, I put a lot of stock into playoff experience and, and even AFC championship experience, which is even more. And, and I do think Baltimore, a lot of the, the, the big guys, I mean, they were – they would tell you, yeah, this is about going to the Super Bowl, but they were happy to be in the AFC Championship game. And I, I think uh, until you do it, there can be a little bit of a seed of doubt. And, and kudos to you know Cincinnati, as you mentioned, a couple of years ago coming in, and that speaks to what that, that team was. But that was a hard-fought game. And, and you know what, the Chiefs, I, I just think the experience factor played into it, and especially the fact that they go on the road uh, in, into Baltimore and with this Baltimore Ravens team that was so good on offense and defense and has what should be the uh, the MVP of the league uh, in Lamar Jackson. And I just, again, I mean, it goes back to how we started our conversation, which is Mahomes and, and Kelsey talked about being laser-focused the whole week. And if you think that didn't bleed down to everybody, uh, then you, you're, you're smoking something because it absolutely did. When you've got your leaders like that, um, it, it, it becomes focused. You understand the moment. Again, I can I can go way, way back to, to my time, and you understand how big a deal it is. And so, um, yeah, I, I put a lot of stock in experience. Visiting with Kendall Gammon. We'll get into a breakdown of the game, uh, Chiefs and 49ers, next week when we have you on leading, yep. getting closer to the game. But um, real quick be- before we uh, let you go, Charles who we found out on Monday afternoon that that is an ACL tear. He is out for the year. And, um, you know, he, the, the very next play, uh, unfortunately, after he gets the sack on Lamar Jackson and strips the football, the Chiefs get the ball. The very next play, first uh, play of the next possession for the Ravens, you know, he tears his ACL. Uh, and that's awful. Um, it is certainly an issue because, you know, next man up, next man up, all of that stuff. But uh, eventually, you know, that next man up is going to be somebody that, you know, may not, you know, be able to play at a high level. But how much of a concern is it to you with Ominahu not being there? And how much do you think Steve Spagnolo and uh, the rest of this team can, can try to mask that and maybe overcome losing somebody who's been such a good player for this team, uh, you know, since he, you know, returned from suspension? Well, I mean, the depth goes down, like you said, and certainly they've dealt with this year, dealt with that this year in terms of linebacker position, and that's a little bit of an anomaly because you normally don't get somebody like uh, uh, Drew. Uh, 
forgot his name again. Trinkle. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, Crankle. Sorry about that. You're good. Uh, that is signed in the off season that they can come in there and do what he does, and and you can be a starter in a lot of different places or almost everywhere. So th- that being said, though, I, I I do think the D line of Kansas City has rotated a lot this year. I don't know the exact numbers. You guys probably do, uh, but it takes you down one. So that it, it makes a difference. It is what it is. But I, I guarantee you, there's there's. There's nothing but, you know, next man up like we talked about it, and it's the truth, and somebody's got to step up. They're expected to step up, and that's the one thing we always talk about in the NFL is you're always one play away from going in and, and, and uh, you know, playing a position and, and being a starter. For me, it was probably three or four plays, but all the same, uh, it was – it was something that you understood, and, and injuries are part of the game. But, uh, you know, the other part is sometimes when that happens, some of your stars, um, they step up a little bit more. And I would think uh, Chris and, 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 and George Karloftis would, would probably continue to step up. But we will see. I mean, uh, FAU maybe has to step up and do yeah. some things as well. Yeah, and, and next man up, I mean, Nick Allegretti. I mean, my goodness, what a, what a, fun, yeah, what a fun story for him. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah, um, you know, and, and the first start he had in the playoffs was against the Ravens since the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl game in which he was a part of the offensive line that, you know, is looked at as the reason they lost that game is the offensive line was so yeah. bad and nothing he could really do about it. It was all five across the line that, you know, everybody was playing in different positions except for Austin Ryder snapping the football. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so awesome for him to get some of that redemption. And, that, boy, those emotions took over after the game for him. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. You could tell. You could tell what it meant to him. Like we know what it means to players, but man, you could tell right there what the the four years have been like, and just sort of working behind the scenes, constantly working, constantly working, waiting for your chance, getting the chance, and then going out and performing and helping your team get to a Super Bowl. You know, I will say this: uh, when the uh, the backups that are coming in to, to to play defensive line come in, everybody on the team will know them, whatever. What you don't want is what I experienced my rookie year when I had to go in an offensive line during a regular season game where Neil O'Donnell looked at me and said, what are you doing in here? Oh my and God. I guarantee you he did not know my name. I had Because we had some injuries, so I was playing right tackle. Um, so that's what you don't want, oh. and that's not what the Chiefs are going to have. I mean, you're one man down, but you've got other guys that have been playing that have been in rotation. Yeah. What was your answer? Uh, I, I just looked at him. And, you know, I've – Come on. I, I'd never played in a, in a regular season yeah. game. I played preseason. I was just, just like, let's go. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember what I said. <laughs> I just will always remember him looking at me and, and saying what he said. And, and, and kind of thinking that was funny. That being said, uh, myself and the right guard, we picked up the twist. And the Pro Bowl guys on the left side did not. So, oh, wow. Um, okay. There See? you go. Take that, Neil. All right. Yeah. Did you respond? Exactly. Did you respond? Same question to you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. What I did was I just moved over a couple inches, and I thought he was kind of playing around. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Kendall Gammon, our guest. Kendall, you're the man. Appreciate it. Looking forward to our conversation next week, breaking down a matchup in the Super Bowl. Yet again, you and I talking some uh, Super Bowl Chiefs and whoever they end up playing. We know this year now it's the 49ers, last year being the um, – the Philadelphia Eagles. Good God. There's so many Super Bowls. Which one did they play last year? Oh, exactly. Yeah. What a, pro- what a problem to have, right? <laughs> they play the Eagles. That's right. The Eagles were yeah. last year. Uh, Kendall, you're the man. Appreciate it, sir. Enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, we'll talk next week, bud. Sounds good. Take care. All right, there's Kendall Gammon, presented by Crown Toyota Crown Volkswagen. Recognized as the number one place to buy a new or pre-owned vehicle, visit crownautomotive.com to see the latest deals, experience the Crown difference. We'll take a time out. We'll come back, continue rolling. More zone right after this. Hanging out with Mick Schaefer coming up in the 1 o'clock hour at Sports Radio 810 WHB.
All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you. Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels. Thank you to Kendall Gammon joining us. NFL revolutionary. He's also never seen a kicker do that before a game. So apparently it's just a Justin Tucker thing. Like it's not a, like Lawrence Tynes, mutually shared. It's a mutually shared field. It's a mutually shared. Everybody can share this field. It's mutual. It's like mutual fun, but it's just mutual. Everybody can share this. Everybody, it's like, you know, it's like family style when you go out to a nice restaurant and everybody just put some green beans out there, maybe some uh, potato casserole, whatever it might be. It's just shared. Just mutual. Some mashed potatoes. It's mutually shared field. Apparently, you're the only one that says that, Larry. But if you put your hand in the mashed potatoes, you're still a bleep hole. Well, if you want to be a D about taking all the mashed potatoes, I mean... It's not mutually shared, you jerk. I thought we were all sharing. I thought, I thought, not, I thought it'd be fine if I double-dipped over and over and over again. You're wrong! Is this not the trust tree? Are we not in the tree? Can we not share right now? Is this not the... No! It's not the deal, man. It's not what happens. He's never had an interaction like that. And Patrick Mahomes has only had interactions with Justin Tucker like that. And Travis Kelsey told Justin Tucker that if you want to be a bleeping D about it, then don't worry, in a competition of being a, a Richard, I will one-up you in being a Richard. And Travis Kelsey saying, I could have thrown his helmet into the 10th row if I wanted to. I tossed it away as nicely as I could. He should in have, the moment. He should have taken Justin Tucker's helmet and put it on top of the upright. Just up there where the flags mm-hmm. are, just shimmy on up there, put his helmet up, slide down like a firefighter pole, boom, go get it, Justin. We find out um, with uh, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes uh, making a a cameo on the uh, Pat McAfee show. uh, We find out that um, if Justin Tucker had missed that field goal late in the game, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey were going to sprint around the field to pick up a 15-yard penalty, sprinting (laughs) to and around Justin Tucker. Because, you know, they were coming on the field to take over on offense anyway. Yeah. It's not like they were not allowed on the field there. Yeah. That would be a mutually shared space for them to be on since they would be coming on for offense. Mutually shared uh, spots there. Now, is it mutually shared for them to run right next to Justin Tucker and talk some smack to him and lunge in front of him? I don't know. You would have to ask if they want to be a bleeping D about it's it. It's a shared space right. at that point. God, the scene of Justin Tucker would have missed that. He robbed us. Of, I mean, he giveth the pregame scene and then taketh away what could have been petty Pat yeah, so and ticky-tacky Trav. I actually have the analytics here. Justin Tucker did have still a, a minus four uh, expected points added for the Ravens in that game. <laughs> um, just from the, the pregame action to the field goal That's there right. and the extra points. So uh, right. ultimately still a very negative performance for the future Hall of Famer. He was a minus 22% win probability added to the game right. uh, before the game even started. The biggest biggest imp- impact Justin Tucker had on the game was before the game even started. Yeah, the Ravens were at uh, actually 68%. Um, leading up to warm-ups, but by kickoff it was 50-50. So. Yeah, FPI had him at 60-40. Wow, did it really? Yep, and then they saw the just FPI, the analytics, saw the Justin Tucker thing, and they put it at 51-49. Can't believe Dan Campbell did that. It's dumb. Dumb is what it is. Um, I think the uh, FPI has uh, uh, 58-32. Or, yeah, 
No, no, 58-42. Uh, I'll get it right eventually. You will figure it out at some point. Yeah. I mean, 68 teams make the tournament. Right. Just the play-in rounds, get, the first four. I looked at it the other day. I, I actually do want to see what that is because it was 60-40 Ravens before the— um, 87 plus 13 equals 100. It'll be Taylor Swift's 13th game. No, are you serious? Is that real? I don't know what the slash line on that is, but I will uh, okay. look and see. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. What's the, his war? Um, One started. Thanks, Justin Tucker. I was close. 59.4 to 40.6. So almost 60-40. As, as pretty, pretty, much, uh, pretty damn close to 60-40. But uh, if we want to round up and round down, 59-41. Uh, but so essentially the FPI gives the same win probability to the 49ers as they did the Ravens. So there you go. Turned out well for the Ravens. We'll see how it turns out for. I've already the 49ers. forgotten the Niners kicker's name. I got a not. Is he? Is it Moody? It's Moody. Moody. Hey Moody. It I was an Moody. Idea. I got an idea for you, Moody. Moody. A place you should put your helmet in about a week and a few days. Yeah, I would not. Uh, let, let's. We'll have to find what out if, Sunday or week from Sunday with the, um, you know, with, with the warmups to see what uh, Moody's going to be doing. In all seriousness. It would be the gussiest thing I've ever seen a kicker do to do the exact same thing beat for beat than what Justin Tucker did. I think if he did it once and then got out of the way, I think Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes would laugh. I think if Moody yeah. walked up and he was like, oh, are you guys, I was just going to practice here. Is that cool? And then walked off. I think that'd be an icebreaker. I think he should do that. I, I legit, I want Moody to walk up where they're doing their interviews or where they're doing their uh, their, their, their pregame warm-ups and just one time, just a deep lunge. Ooh, lunging. Deep oh. lunge. What are you guys doing over here? You guys Oh, you, oh. you guys warming up? Trav, could you grab my kicking tee uh, for me? Since you moved yeah. Justin's for him last week. How you guys doing, huh? You guys, you guys good to go? Just going to get my leg stretched out right it, now. Just a little bit of a lunge here. Just a lunge over by you. Pat, oh, you, can guys you are working right here. My bad. Pat, my can bad. you just hold this ball real quick? I won't kick your hand or anything. My That's bad. fine. Just just kick the, just hold the ball. No, I'll, I'll move. I'll move. It was this not the share. Oh, my bad. I'll, just, I'll, oh, you want me to go down there? Yeah, that's some, cool. That's check cool. out that's somewhere cool. else, man. Just uh, trying to get my uh, stretching in. You know, trying to stretch it out here. Come on, man. What if we embrace this and uh, the lineman warm-ups now happen at, like, the 45-yard lines of each team? So you got yeah. – we're shrinking down the demilitarized zone to, like, a 5- yeah. or 10-yard spread. Yeah. If you touch a member of the other team, instant ejection. Ooh. How about that? Bring up the tensions, but it's a, it's a hold-yourself-back situation. Well, that's the thing is apparently you can throw a punch before the game. Yeah, that's totally legal and completely fine. Because Mollett threw a punch before the game. Yeah. He – Headbutted and then threw a punch at Jalen Watson. Yeah, it's a thing that happened. It's on video. But not even a penalty. So technically they had six personal foul penalties. <laughs> Five in the game and one before. But they didn't call it. I wonder what the extent of that could be. I mean, the right. game, if we're, how wacky are we going to get pregame? What if you put him in a choke slam? What if that turned into a brawl? Yeah. And like there were actual punches being thrown, helmets, helmets off. off. Swinging the helmet That's like right. uh, Miles Garrett. Dropping the gloves, although it's not as easy to drop the gloves. They actually just take, they got to, hold on, yeah. hold on. I'm just going to take my on at that point, necklace off. I'm going to take my earrings out. Hold on, take this glove. Oh, wait. Cushion collar. It's on. By the way, it's on once it's I get on. these uh, gloves off. All right, let's go. Unwrap my right now. hands. I think you would think there'd have to be like some ejections, right? Um, or it's just like, <laughs> guys, calm down, okay? Now, don't you dare do this when the game starts. It would. I think. I do think at that point it would be a premature ejection, but we have ads for that, so we can help you out if you struggle with. 
That's true. Premature ejections. That, that's that's probably right. Um, is it then? Do the police get involved then because the game's not? Because you can throw punches all you want while the game's going on, but if the game's not going on, you throw a punch. That's assault. Right. And after the game, if you punch someone, it's definitely just assault. They right. can eject you after the game is over. Right. When does the referee's watch begin? Is a genuine when, question that I have. Now. When do the referees take over for the police? Yeah, that's exactly. But when does it turn from assault to a fifteen-yard penalty? When does it turn from assault to football? Because football yeah. would be assault in any other context. But when does throwing a punch turn from fifteen days community service or whatever um, for assault? to 15-yard penalty in an automatic first down. Like, when is that threshold? Because clearly, with pads on and Mollett throwing a punch to Jalen Watson, the you know, police and security are right there. They saw that. They were just like, oh, look at that. Those guys are fighting. If they were at a bar and saw that, I don't think they'd be like, oh, look at that. Those guys are fighting. It's uh, it's all good. There might be some handcuffs. You know, the fisticuffs turn into handcuffs. If you were at a baseball game and a football game broke out, someone would call the police. Probably. There, we, ha- we have acknowledged that yeah. at some point when the kickoff happens, at least, at the latest, when the kickoff happens, real laws no longer apply on the gridiron, and it's up to the guys in the striped so- shirts to enforce the fake law. But does it start before the opening kick or not? It's great. It it feels like there's a purgatory. Yes. There's a there's a middle area to where there are no laws. That's right. Because when you have your pads on and throw a punch, you're not going to get arrested. I, but it's I, also not a 15 yard penalty. I can reel it back. Coin toss. From okay. that point on, the refs are in charge. Okay. At, at least. At least. Okay. It could still go back further. Right. I, I think maybe once you're in shoulder pads. Yeah. It's like, hi, I'm in my football clothes now. I can't get arrested for being yeah. violent. I'm. Uh, this is my. This is my set. But they both. But they ha- didn't call anything in that instance. But they both have to be in shoulder pads because after the game, Devontae Adams and the fan or the guy that was working in the media yeah. here at Arrowhead yep. and got pushed. Yep. That was then, you know, went cited, legal. and that, that that went to a legal matter, right? I mean, and also he was only one person was in pads, and he wasn't invested in a fifteen yard penalty for him would have just been getting him, I guess, uh, fifteen yards closer to his car in the parking lot or that's something, right. and yeah. that's not that helpful for him at that point, yeah. probably. Fifteen yard pit, they would just moved him back to middle of the end zone while he was walking towards the tunnel. So right. Devontae Adams, that fifteen yard penalty would not yeah, have doesn't really matter him that much. No, I think it's definitely got to be mutual. Shoulder pads v. shoulder pads, helmet v. helmet, whatever. You have to be on equal playing field there. Literally. Literally, in this case, I suppose. And and also uh, figuratively, so. I think we gotta let, we gotta let there be a a definitive line. There should be a whistle at some point, probably during warm-ups. There should be a whistle that announces that that for the, the players suited up here, laws no longer apply. It's like the purge. We do the purge for eight hours of commercial free purge ball, and, and you just let it go. But now, so if we found this this uh, technicality, if we have found this no rules taking the train in Yellowstone, if we have found this area in high school, if you're going to get into a fight, 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 mm-hmm. just meet pregame before the football game on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, because then it's like, oh no, we were just warming up. It's all good. No, police, you can't. You got a little fight. chippy. It's oh, not. This is we an were assault. On the field. We were on the field. He's a football player. I'm a football player. So we were we were on the field, um, and just put some shoulder pads on. Yeah, he was wearing shoulder pads, and I stabbed him in the neck. There were no pads there. I get it, but it, sh- we're we're suited up. Put shells on. Yeah, just put the shoulder pad shells so you can have more range of movement. Right. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I feel like that would be a good way to fight. Actually. And then you you want to put a helmet on? Probably not. But do you put like the boxers? You know, when you're sparring, do you want to put that sort of? <sighs> well, now uh, we're just getting now guard. we're just inventing padded boxing right. in UFC, right. which could actually be kind of sick. Right. 
Um, but if if we found this middle ground to where the cops nor the officials are in charge, there is nobody in charge. This is you know the 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 football version of the road. There are no rules. Maybe just schedule things to happen in that. Why don't we just do it like hockey, where the ref sits there and he is the ref of the fight, but also the game. And there's kind of a point where when somebody right, when somebody falls, it's over. He's had enough, right? Yeah. As soon as the guy hits the ice, the fight is over. You guys can swing and do whatever you want. Gloves are off. Helmets weird. You got a hold of the jersey. He's swinging. He's punching. He's getting. He's connecting. That guy's getting connected. As soon as somebody goes down, oh, it's over now. Whoa, 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 whoa! I know you just pummeled his nose and broke it in three different places. But you will not throw a punch with him touching the ice with his leg, with his knee or his butt. No, 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 no. Now it's over. Now maybe, it's over. Maybe we give refs tasers so they can kind of take on all three roles if necessary. Okay. We need to, we need to we deputize referees. I think handcuffs and tasers. Okay. I don't think we give them lethal force. I think we give them handcuffs no, and tasers. can't give them lethal force. That seems no. excessive. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so, usual, the, but. so the official walks over and, and Mollett throws the punch at Jalen Watson, and he immediately turns him around and puts handcuffs on him. He was like, sorry, dude, Jalen, do you want to press charge? And he's like, hell yeah, that guy's a starting cornerback. I want to press charges. Well, I mean, Spags has him pressing all, all day anyway, so, I mean, he's, he's in the right headspace for it. I think... You either ha- you see a punch thrown. Uh-huh. It, we make it. We make. What does football need more of? Referees making decisions. Yeah, I was right. One step es- ahead of you. Especially great subjective subjective decisions. decisions. Yeah. So what a referee needs to do. You know, a lot of uh, tasers are yellow. Yellow taser on one hip. Yes. Yellow flag on the other. You are either throwing the flag or firing your taser. It, I mean, if it's if it's in that pregame action, you decide. It's either fifteen yards to start the game or. You're, you're, one of your starting defenders is getting tased. So now I'm just imagining, okay? okay. Now, now I'm imagining Imagine that um, I, need to, I need a prop here or something like that. I'll, I'll use, I'll use a this. Baseball so bat over there. there. Okay. So now I'm imagining Zay Flowers getting tackled, yeah. pushing up, spiking the ball in the Jerry Sneed looking. 100%. I was really worried Sorry, you missed the chair there. The chair got so Sorry, far dude. away from you. Good. It's 15-yard penalty Great plus. fall by you. I needed you to stop doing that. So we had, uh, sorry, I had to tase you, bro. I Had think it's either you. or. I think okay. it's either or. Oh, so if you get tased, it's not a 15-yard penalty. Yes. Okay. I think that way it's up to the referee to decide the series. You know, 5- and 15-yard pass interferences are a thing of the past. But 15 <laughs> yards or getting tased, that's the future. So if it's like running into the kicker and uh, roughing the kicker, the two different things. Yes, you know? exactly. So can it be a tasing and a 5-yard personal foul, or is it just 15-yard personal foul or a tasing? No, no, it's just, no middle ground? It's just one or the other, but if that Ravens receiver does it, you can't just yell, Don't zaze me, bro! I think you should get your flowers for that one. I think I should get tased for that one. <laughs> We done? We good? I'm good. I'm, I feel great. You anything yeah. to add? I think we solved that Josh, one. Josh, anything? I think we nailed it. I know Mick texted. I was going to bring this up at some point, but Mick texted and said, uh, you know, in high school basketball, if you dunk in pregame warm-ups, you can be assessed a technical foul for the game. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. I'm like, I saw the punch thrown, and I'm like, you know, is that like dunking in, in, in pregame warm Do they get a technical for that? Do, does Mahomes come out and shoot free throws? You know, the Chiefs have been playing basketball a lot in practice. Is that preparing for the free throws they'll get before the game? If you get a tech for dunking pregame, the ref should get tased. Because that's soft. I thought you could get a 15-yard unsportsmanlike. I thought so, too. I think so, too. I thought Millette was going to have – they were going to – showing that to say. Something. This is why the kickoff is 15 yards up. Yeah, right. Because the Chiefs have – you know, well, it wouldn't have mattered – if the Chiefs accepted it on the kickoff, they were kicking off, so it would yes. just gone. To, it would have been uh, Ravens starting at the twenty-five yard line anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. It only ooh, would it have changed the Chiefs taking the ball first if they got the ball at the forty. 
with Ooh. the 15 yard. Or, excuse me, they would kick off from the 20. The Ravens would have to kick off from yeah, the 20. So the Chiefs, I think you maybe you take the ball. the ball there. Man, now or, we're getting into real strategy changes. Because Romo, Romo was really surprised that Andy Reid won the toss and deferred. That was the canary in the coal mine effect game. Romo was really surprised that he was actually doing a football game that day. He was really surprised he woke up and did a football game in the AFC Championship game. You know, I'm really surprised that, uh, in, you know, every single game we've ever done with the Chiefs and Andy Reid. Which is a lot. If he's won the toss, he's deferred. But this surprises me. I'm surprised. If I woke up with my hair sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now with him deferring. Hmm, interesting. I, I, you don't want the Ravens offense to go out there first, do you? We all say dumb stuff sometimes. <laughs> sometimes we forget things. Speak for yourself and Tony. Tony Romo has done a lot of Chiefs games, and the only time they ever start with the ball is when they lose the toss. It's the only thing they do. I think there was one exception a year or two years ago that I can't even remember why it was. Maybe yeah, I don't it was just there honestly, being maybe not. Two years ago, the exception might have been that they lost the toss. They won like 13 in a row or something. I remember there being conversations about should the Chiefs take the ball first. Because they kept, it was like a year ago or two years ago. It wasn't last year, but maybe two years ago, three years ago, whatever. When they were struggling, it was, and Andy Reid was asked about it. Mm -hmm. You know, do you guys ever think about when you win the coin toss to take the ball? No, no, we we do what we do. We do what we do. Because there was a conversation of like, should this, should they start taking the ball first and going and scoring or whatever it might be the conversation at the time i remember something around that yep um we've talked about it because it's been such a stalwart of this chiefs team that they yeah. win and defer yeah which is why it was a little interesting that tony romo was stunned why do you think they did this tony i don't know jim i guess we'll have to find out I want to play this um, joy of the moment and uh, Taylor Swift phenomenon with uh, Andy Reid. Maybe we'll do that with Mick Schaefer in the 1 o'clock hour. I continue to forget to let people know Big news. that we have a sad fans today. Got another sad fans! And I feel like it's just such derelict a duty that the first thing I should have said when we started the show today is that we have a sad fans coming up in the 1 o'clock hour with Mick Schaefer. Um, sad fans, Baltimore Ravens. And I, I meant to mention that in the uh, second segment of the show. And then I reminded myself before the third segment of the show mm-hmm. to mention sad fans. Yeah. Um, and then I was going to mention it before uh, uh, Cynthia Freeland came on. Mm-hmm. And then I reminded myself to mention it as we go to break with Cynthia Freeland. But I definitely wanted to mention it when we came back from break with Cynthia Freeland and played some of the uh, Andy Reid clips that so we would have some more audio with sad fans. Uh, and then the third segment of that hour, and then previewing and posting uh, Kendall, uh, mm-hmm. and then the last segment as well. So I'm glad I finally got to it uh, after the uh, ninth time of reminding myself that we will have a sad fans today in the one o'clock hour with one Mick Schaefer. He gets to be here for it and everything. He gets to hear sad fans. Same deal as last week. Uh, listener Iced Pyro has yeah. stepped into the box and uh, he knocked it out of the park last week. And uh, we got another got another round here of the NFL world trying to grapple with what they're seeing. By the way, on the Pat McAfee show, uh, Travis Kelsey was on it uh, earlier today. And uh, he was asked about uh, wearing the black for the game. And um, Travis Kelsey wore black. A number of other players wore black. Chris Jones wore black with no socks. All business. Business up top. Party 
on your feet. <laughs> and Travis Kelsey said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wearing the black. Chris Jones said it, everybody. We're going in there as the villains. Wearing the black. We're going into the bank like Chief Saholic, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Travis Kelsey, we are wearing black and we're going into the bank like Chief Saholic. Of course, the Chiefs would accomplish that at a bank. Incredible. With this year's worth of stories of Chief Saholic in the bank, the Chiefs would go into somebody's bank and rob them of their moment. We made it Mahomes and Travis Bank last week, I think, M&T. M&T, Mahomes and Travis. Right, yeah. there, right there for you, everybody. Right. Robbing oh. the bank. Robin, the ba- I mean, they wore all black. And Patrick Mahomes wore velvet. I mean, that's as much as we should have known at that point. We should have We should have known. I saw some of the pregame fits. It was looking like it was heading that direction. I already made my predictions. If I would have known. Yeah. If I would have known. Oh, Legereus I- Sneed wearing mostly red, but he's had a real, he's had a real uh, fit heater also. Mm-hmm. MVS, I think, was Louie head to toe, but head to yep. knee, and then nothing from knee to ankle, and then ankle to toe. He's Would wearing you, shorts. Sneed's mom wearing the Mama Sneed uh, I didn't see, jersey. I, I didn't see that. That's good. Yeah. Did you Mama see after Sneed. the game her and uh, Legereus Sneed uh, I talking? Saw, I, I, you say that now? Like, oh, yeah, I saw that roll by during postgame at some point, and I, yeah. I, I never actually watched it. <laughs> she started. She got on the the uh, microphone, and she was uh, complimenting her son. She, was, <laughs> she looked at him and she said, thank you for knocking the ball out of that man's hands. Because <laughs> we go into the Super Bowl. Thank you, son, for knocking the ball out of that man's hands. It's <laughs> just... Telling her son, thank you for making one of the biggest plays in Chiefs playoff history. It's awesome that she's given him his flowers. You don't say. Oh! Just throw a break, Dylan. I was going to say, it's a shame that this is a minute. No, nah, just let the music <laughs> let the music go. We'll just sit here and enjoy the music. We got some sad fans coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. Do we have Donovan Smith there uh, mixed in every once in a while going, oh, he's sad. Oh, he's sad. Look at him. Sad ass. He's sad. (laughs) God, man. Pat Mahomes Sr. smoking on that Lamar Jackson special pack. All right, let's see if we can hit it here. You know what I thought was cool, Jason? When Legereus Sneed's mom gave Legereus his flowers. (laughs) A little early on that. You don't say. 